you're listening to this today and you go, okay, so what would be good for me? You have to ask yourself the question because Brad and I are 180 degrees different in how we do that. I want to shoot a full magnification. Brad has no, uh, I don't want to say patience, but no problem. No problem saying I'm at 12 power, I'm at 10 power, I got this anchored, I have a good full view, um, and I'm going to go ahead and you'd rather see your shot mm-hmm. and and be a less magnification. Just, it's a little more forgiving for my follow-up shot. Yeah, and, and you sometimes are as concerned about the second, third, and fourth bullet going in them <laughs> as you are the first. You have a reputation for that. Oh, yes, I do. Anyway. Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Get ready to hunt the world and let's get started. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Appreciate you listening in and welcome to the Bone Cave. Hi, Brian. Hi, Hi, Brad. Hi. Hey, you know what I did this weekend? Who, what? You did? Yeah. What'd you do? So I I left Wednesday um, and I raced to Minneapolis. I had a financial services seminar Wednesday night. Then we had a bunch of our Adventure Hub candidates that are opening Adventure Hubs, our booking agents, yeah. uh, on a call. The new stores. Uh, on Wednesday night. And then um, and then I had another meeting. So it was busy, right? So I packed that all on the Wednesday. Thursday, I got up and I went to Waverly, Bremer County, Iowa. Awesome, man. Yeah. So anyway, went down there, saw my in-laws. Go and Hawks. Saw my mom. And yes. and uh, um, But then I turned around, drove back to um, the home of... Pope and Young, Whoa. Chatwood, Minnesota. No kidding. Yep. And I entered a coyote calling contest there with two of my buddies, Troy Sealhammer and Brett Miller. And we called coyotes in the worst. I, I have this theory <laughs> that coyotes, when you're in the middle of like a really bad weather thing, coyotes have this gauge. It's like a, it, it, yep. it's like a tachometer in their brain that they know that Energy spent is not going to equal 100%. calories burnt. So it doesn't matter how you call to me. I'm not, not leaving. moving. I, I, I got my ta- nose under my tail, and I'm in a warm <laughs> spot, and I'm staying right here. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, we ended our coyote calling contest, and we had a blast. So um, what was I saying? I don't remember. Oh, so that's where I was. Yeah, you had a busy weekend. Oh, yeah. So anyway, welcome to the Bone Cave. So I did have a busy weekend. Brad was down there that way, too. I won't tell anybody for what, but I honked at him as I drove by his room. So Hey, so why why is it in Minnesota? Weren't those weren't Pope and Young from California or something? Hey, don't ask stupid questions on this. Well, you know what? I was going to ask that, too. Actually, I don't know. The home of it's in Chatwood. They used to have this big thing. Then they downsized. I just drove by it. Chatwood? It's in Chatwood. Huh. Anyway, are you confirming that I'm right? No, 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 no. I was just trying to figure out why. Google it. Chatwood and Pope and Young. Yeah. I was thinking they were from California, but. No, they're not. I know they're from Minnesota for sure, because I talked to the president of Pope and Young about software two years ago. And um, Pope and Young, here's the, uh, or their website. Yeah, it's in Chatwood. It says right there. I, I saw the damn thing. Thompson brothers were returning home from the Civil War of bloody atrocities of the California Indian Wars. Caused the P.O. Box 548 Chatwood, Minnesota 55923. It's a great organization if you want to join them. They're pretty cool. Um, And uh, I was a member of Pope and Young forever. So there you go. So the Indian Ishii was from California. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. No, thanks. I appreciate it. If you're listening going, what the hell are they doing on this call today? We really do have a podcast for you. Hang on. We might get to the content once Brad's satisfied just, with how Pope Just a little young. microphone. Yeah, well, she's going to say they're a scoring and record book organization uh, and a conservation program for all archers in America. Yes. They, they stand behind it. They have an incredible book. I would go support them. They're in Chatwood, Minnesota. So it's a bunch of hey, – Big shout out to Pope and Young in Chatwood, yeah, I think, Minnesota. I think they're okay? from California, dude. Because wow. Ishii, Ishii was in the wilderness. Dude, I was just at the corporate headquarters. It's in Chatwood. <laughs> I just wondered. Minnesota, they're not from California. 
Well, they must not maybe, like sunshine, huh? Maybe that's another division. Oh, you mean the original founders of it? Yeah. Hey, let's Pope do a podcast on Pope and Young, and I will be absent that day, and you can have them on, and we can get the origin of <laughs> well, Pope and Young. Okay. I just I'll, I'll, be out, I'll be all hunt with my rifle. Okay. We'll get the big story. I'll, huh. I'll referee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my all God. Right. You, you Everybody ever, on this podcast that's listening today, can you just take a moment, and we'll have a moment of silence for me, because um, I'm just going to be all about me for a second. Be, this is what I have to deal with be Brad all the time. Bow hunting for coyote. Exactly. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> Funniest thing, Jimmy Walls, the the guy who oh, yeah. had, had yep, yep. him and I had the idea of all this. Yep. We were bow hunting on that that hunt that went defunct with Noah. He got his. Anyway, we called in a coyote. And right when I no, shot, it, it spun and kind of jumped the string, but it didn't. No. And it literally cut its tail off with the broadhead. No and way. And I swear to you, and I still have the, the, I still have the tail somewhere. But anyway, that was the funniest damn <laughs> thing. Luckiest coyote in the world, but it was a tailless coyote when it ran wow. away. I bet it was so pissed off. So the St. Charles oh. Museum of Bowhunting was oh. later named in his honor and the and at the club's Chatfield, Minnesota headquarters. St. Charles, Minnesota. Oh, huh. really? Yeah, in Chatfield, Minnesota. Nice. Okay, well, welcome okay. to the Bone Cave, everybody. We're happy to have you. Can't wait. If you're ever in Spearfish, South Dakota, where the headquarters of us are, stop in and set us, and uh, we will give you a tour and love to have you. And we have an adventure hub here. We have a cold beer, cold beverages, hot coffee, tea, anything you might want. Stop in. Let's talk hunting. Belly up to the bar, because we do have a bar out here with bar stools, and you can try on we gear. Do. Check us out, and we're going to have the greatest – Bars with no beer, as Lindley said, in all of America with our best booking agencies, our best booking agents in the world. Yes. And most importantly, we can tell you why the headquarters is in Spearfish, South Dakota. There you go. That we know for sure. 100%. <laughs> all right. Hey, Scott Palmer. Dr. Bradley. Hey, Scott Palmer, put your right hand up and say uh, praise for Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Because now I have to deal with this. No, anyway. Hey, speaking of dentists. Shay McGowan wow. killed a great coos deer. Um, Good yeah, for yeah. him. And when I Shay. never need to see a picture of his mangled feet again. Dude, we need to. We need he to take to get some. We, we uh, need. We need to do some foot care for Dr. McGowan. Exactly. He, he, uh, hey, we should have him do a podcast with us. We're gonna. We're gonna I would like to, to do get, a podcast yeah. on that hey, hunt. Define great coos deer. Um, probably 100 inches. Yeah, 110. I know it they're probably, smaller. They're probably, smaller deer. It probably wasn't 110, no. but it was. A, I would say it's 95. Yeah, it was a like great that. four point coos deer. Yeah. It had a great frame. You know what yep. I'm saying? And so frame is, you know, when you're scoring, frame yeah, is big. It's everything. So it had great beam length. It had, it had a good mass, not great mass. Um, it was super symmetrical. I mean, they're freaking tiny. I have shot a whole bunch of those in the Black Hills. No. Those aren't coos, those, I, I don't think so. The Black Hills coos deer. He's such a dumbass. I don't think so. No. No, but so, uh, yeah, they got them like in Texas. Where do they have them? Arizona, uh, Texas, Arizona, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think Southern New Mexico. Ari- has yeah, yeah it's a yep. forest. So anyway, awesome. Um, Mexico. So we we have a lot of great opportunities for that. Um, just go ahead and uh, um, put in. Go to rollingbones.com. Go to the adventure thing and click on coos. We deer, don't have a coos deer in here, do we? No, I'm just looking around no. the walls. All oh, Brad's whitetails because he shoots small ones. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just throw that one he killed this year out. <laughs> that giant right there with the twisted up horns. Just get rid of that. Yeah, that, um, oh, I that, think that would be an awfully big. That's got a lot of character. That would, it be, would be. That right? would be a world class. <laughs> so, that, that would be in the top of the top coos deer. So I, it's I think funny. So. You guys can't see this, but it's old. It's a, my my friend Jason, who's followed this deer forever. He thinks it's ten years old. And he's got a picture of it. He hasn't seen it this year, but he got a picture of it. And it had a great big club front drop tine point where it's busted there on that right yeah. main beam. It's yeah. really cool. So, anyway, yeah, it's a neat old buck. Wow. So, anyway, we're talking about rifle We're talking about the best zoom power or optical, ma- optical magnification for your hunting scope on your said hunting rifle. And we are the authority on this. And I'm going to give it to you right off the bat. If you're listening, I'll give you the exact, specific, best one, not arguable, and above reproach. Ready for it, everybody? Wow. I wish I had a drum roll. There isn't one. <laughs> I can add one. Anybody that tells you, no, there is none. There, there, there is no perfect oh, okay. magnification okay. That's the answer. or optical zoom. There, there isn't one. Does that make sense? There's different applications. There's a bunch of them that yep. can spread some genres of hunting. But for the most part, um, there, there isn't one in my opinion. And so when I hear these forums and I listen to the 
just the almost people with this defiance in their voice that this is the best hunt. That taste is subjective, brother. Um, and there's mm-hmm. reasons people like this and there's reasons people like that. So what we're going to do today is explore all those reasons and we're going to give you our personal preference so and go from there. How's when that somebody comes in the storefront up here and they say, what power scope should I get? What are you hunting? What are you yeah, using it for? That's the next question. You know, it's kind of like somebody in the investment world coming in to me and going, what's the best investment you have? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. There's a lot more to it. Than yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I know one. Um, I know one. Let me just think. And most brokers would say the one that pays me the most money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is you can't, you just can't give an answer to that question. And I think that that's what we're going to explore and talk about today because, and I think this is such a timely uh, time. Last week we did one on, um, on uh, uh, muzzle br- or not muzzle break um, recoil. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, recoil. We did one on recoil and recoil management. And, and I've gotten several calls this week of saying, okay, now that's against everything a guide's ever told me. And I'm yeah, like, I yeah, well, um, I can appreciate that. Yeah. But if a guide has both lungs taken out, he's never complaining about anything you're shooting. Ooh. Does that make sense? No, um, and a brown bear guide in Alaska has got different parameters. You know, he, no, and he I wants understand a, that. He wants a big old bullet just the put in the big biggest old hole, hole he can and get he into wants it. a hole on both and sides. And I appreciate yeah. that. That might Makes be sense. some of the exception to, the, yeah. to what we're talking about. But even then then it's not one said, you know, if you can't shoot a 338, I bet you if I called um, some of your doctor buddies guides that they've used that has this giant, unbelievable, manifested, magnificent name in, um, in uh, Alaska. And I said to that said outfitter, I said, hey, said outfitter, I want to bring my 11 year old boy and he's only comfortable shooting a 243 perfect or a 6 millimeter but i can give you $45,000 to take me his super opinion of said bullet necessary or caliber would take second seat to his the amount of money he was no no balance his hypocrisy <laughs> would no no balance right wow right the, yeah. the price of the hunt only supersedes the importance of the caliber. <laughs> so we get a lot of questions on the right scope. What's the best scope? What scope should I bring? What scope? To, blah, blah, blah. What, those are questions that we get a lot. I would say there's, there's there, for a hunting rifle, um, in my opinion, um, for a mountain rifle, I'm just going to give you mine. 3 to 18 is the perfect um, magnification range. And then for a coyote gun, um, I want more, mm-hmm. um, a prairie gun that I'm going to have a little bit more time to set up and I'm going to extend it out. So I figure my mountain rifle, I need to be comfortable at five to six. And if I have a wounded animal, I have no problem reaching past that, but I'm going to give favor to the animal to six with my mountain rifle. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I'm going to work like hell to get to that point or inside of it. And if I taken a shot further than that on the mountain on a sheep, yes, I have I'm not going to lie to anybody, but the fact of the matter is. Um, I'm going to go three to heat. 18. Yeah. Heat. <laughs> Good heat. Far, um, far, uh, very far. Uh, very Good far. Heat. Um, so anyway, uh, three to 18. Is that your favorite scope? No. No, it's not. No. What's your favorite scope? My favorite right now is my Mark five. Which is essentially a three to 18. No, I like the bigger one. Oh yeah. 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 I've told you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite scope is the five to twenty-five. Isn't that what I shoot the the five yeah. to twenty-five? So it's funny because I have not used the five to twenty-five very much, and I used your rifle. Why did I use your rifle? I used your rifle once this year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the circumstances, but you and I was like, I got done, and I was like, dang, I like that scope. Mm-hmm. I did like it a lot. So, so tell me about okay, okay, so so. Those would be my two perfect scopes. So three to eighteen. Three to eighteen. Five to twenty-five. So my prairie rifle, I like a five to twenty-five. My mountain rifle, I like a three to eighteen. Uh-huh. And um, and if I was going to use the mountain rifle and say I was going to go shoot a brown bear, I'd go three to eighteen because I'm not going out that far. Right. But the five to twenty-five for me, because if I'm going to kill a coyote, a mule deer, an elk, something on the prairie, an antelope, I want more magnification. 
And the other reason I want more magnification is because a lot of times I won't take my um, I won't take my uh, um, spotting scope with me if we're going to do a six mile loop and leave the buggy. And let's say we're in Montana, and I'm going to go all the way around several buttes and and head over to a different valley or different ridge. My 25 can act as a a, um, spotting, a spotting scope. scope with a ruler in it, so now I to can field the judge the animal. All I got to do is have a yardage. That's also why I don't carry just one rangefinder. Now you're opening a can of worms because <laughs> it'd be really nice to have an eyepiece <laughs> with a ruler in it, it i.e. a reticle. Uh, on, right. I mean, But I do essentially with a 25-power magnification. Yeah. So so that's, that's my personal preference. And, uh, you know, I, I, w- I was just talking to Tyler today from up in Fargo, and uh, um, he's, he's going to be getting a rifle, and he was asking me some of these same questions. And he goes, well, I like the Mark V. I like the Mark or, um, the VX5. I like the VX6. I have a couple of those right now. I'm, I'm a Leupold fan. I had some uh, Swarovskis, but I think I like my Leupold better. Da-da-da. And I said, hey, this is what we have on it. And uh, um, I have a 4 to 20 right now, uh, VX5, and he's like, dude. So I sent him pictures of it, and he's, he's like, that, that, that's it. Because that used to be your favorite scope. 100% mm-hmm. if I had to pick the four one. 4 by 20 VX5. If I had to pick one, the two more power of magnification above 18 and only losing one power at the bottom, mm-hmm. the 4 to 20, uh, it was 100% my favorite. Interesting. Yeah, I know you really loved that scope. You know, uh, the, the reason I've went to the 3 to 18 now for the little one is because mm-hmm. it's so light. Mm-hmm. And I really like the reticle on these Mark Vs. I've gotten used to the first focal plane inside of that because when I run it at high power, it's fine. And they're, they're, they just got a turret that is above reproach, in my opinion. It's a, it's it matches a much, everything. Much, it's a much better. In my opinion, a much better turret than the VX fives and sixes. Right. I like it a lot better. And we have all the scopes in here. Yeah. Any of you guys that ever want to stop by? I mean, we have uh, Leica out here. We have Zeiss out here. We have Leupold out here. We have Huskamaw. I mean, we 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 like them all. Mm-hmm. What we we're just talking about what we use now. Huskamaw just came out with an interesting uh, scope, and uh, um, but that's an eighteen power too, isn't it? They didn't have that down in at Sheep Show when we stopped and saw. No, but they had at the Shot Show. Oh, they did. Yeah, that's where they de- debuted it. I didn't see it. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Yeah, so I, I'll see. I'll look at it. Yeah, you'll we'll see it this it week. Next, yeah, because yeah. not next week. This week. This week. Oh, yeah, it's this <laughs> week already. Well, Jared told us because he was expecting they would be out with them uh, quite a. That really took a long time to get those finished. But yeah. it's it's. Does it have the bubble inside? Yeah, you'll have to look at it. Um, uh, you're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. So, but what is I, it second focal plane? Um, you'll have to look at it. Uh huh. Um, You'll have to look at it. (laughs) I'll look at it. (laughs) But all I was saying is, is that, um, and we don't have those up on our web yet. So if you go to our web, um, we don't have them up on there yet. But uh, um, the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of great scopes out there. There's a lot, but you find what your eye likes the best, um, and then start optically from there. But from a magnification, magnification. practice i like the thing that covers the biggest range the 4 to 20 in that window of hunting scopes that's why i like that well i think it's a more complicated question than you posed Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you why i think that yeah 100 percent. because you've always liked the 4 to 20 and the 4 to 20 the 20 in the the first of all the vx5 is a really 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 nice scope and it checks a lot, a lot, a lot of boxes for the price. 100%. And it, it's probably one of the better scopes for a lot of people um, because at, at the price point, right? I mean, you have really great glass. You have a great eye back, a great eye box. It's very forgiving, I you think. You have a zero stop. You have three revolutions. The, 20, the, how, many the red, the, how many what? How many minutes are on the 20? Tur- 20, right. Um, it's... It's got a really nice reticle. So it checks a lot of those boxes. Mm-hmm. And I think if Leupold would put that TMOA reticle in the 3 to 15, it'd be a better scope for most people. 
I do too. Uh, and they have the given fun- them, uh, given an immediate minute or two of elevation. Yeah, it is is wise. And most people actually don't need it. That Winplex is perfect for them. But for me, I feel naked. I you feel would like actually it, consider running the three to fifteen. I would. I would totally consider it because be- you don't mind a lower top end because you like the mid range. No, yeah, because a lot of times, like when I'd run the four to twenty, I'd always cut my. I had. I'd always put a mark where I was at half power. Because I'd usually run it at half power, and I just knew that my – th- the thing I didn't like about that is my my reticle doubled in value. And, and I, right. So and I a minute made, of windage, yeah. you had a two-minute wind call. Yeah, and, and so once in a while. it was fine. Yeah, it wasn't and once in a while, you made a mistake on a coyote. Yeah, once in a while, I got forget. to rip your ass. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, But I rarely would shoot at 20 power. See, and, and you don't, and I do. Yeah, and you and do. It, it's, it's preference because if yeah. I can get to full magnification, I, I have a habit of finding it, yep. fitting it, zooming it. Yeah. And it's just my approach. But everybody's got to build their own application. But you've got to be approach. a little more experienced to be able to do that. Probably. A lot of guys, like, when, if we're ever involved in helping people, because we really don't guide, right? But when I'm involved in helping young shooters or buddies that were out, um, yeah, usually <laughs> – Usually I'm not – I'm like, did you yeah. find it? Yes. Okay. Do you have a good steady rest? <laughs> yes. Can you see it clear? Yes. Can you hold the reticle behind the shoulder? Yes. Okay, we're not zooming in. Yeah, Nothing, yeah just right? leave it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. So, anyway. Um, yeah, the, the higher the power, especially in a second focal plane scope, which I, that's why I don't like the 20 power very much because it's, it's more than I need most of the time when I'm hunting. Yeah, and I like it. I, I know. I, yeah. I do. Um, uh, I, but my favorite scope ever, 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 I shouldn't say favorite, but one of the scopes, cause it's not my favorite. That's not true. One of the scopes that I use the most and probably killed as many animals as any other scope was, uh, six years of coyote hunting a hundred days a year. Um, I used the night force with, uh, uh, three to 15, um, uh, was it three to 15, two and a half mm. to Three to fifteen. Yeah, they had it? a three to fifteen. Three to fifteen mm-hmm. with uh, what was the reticle? NXS. The NXS. The NXS with the NPR one. I think was yep, the reticle. That's exactly what I shot. That's an old one. Yeah, I have. I have. And uh, it was only fifteen power. Yeah. I killed more coyotes to the fifty. But now that had a fine reticle and it was super nice. Yeah. Yeah. My eyes were better then too. It, exactly. Um, I have. I still have one of those scopes somewhere on a gun that I don't ever use anymore. So 338 edge. <laughs> so but when you're when you're sitting here <laughs> when you're sitting here looking at as as far as my perspective, you're listening to this today and you go, "Okay, so what would be good for me?" You have to ask yourself the question because Brad and I are 180 degrees different in how we do that. I want to shoot a full magnification. Brad has no uh, I don't want to say patience, but no problem. No problem saying I'm at 12 power, I'm at 10 power, I got this anchored, I have a good full view, um, and I'm going to go ahead. And you'd rather see your shot mm-hmm. and and be a less magnification. It's, it's a little more forgiving for my follow-up shot. Yeah, and, and you sometimes are as concerned about the second, third, and fourth bullet going <laughs> in them as you are the first. You have a reputation for that. Oh, yes, I do. Anyway, yes. Well, so I, I – and I and I embraced a first focal plane scope before you did. You did. I had a super hard time with the low end of it. Yeah. But then I realized, you know what, I'm kind of being, uh, you know – and it's picky for no real reason because I don't even use the lower end. Almost never. Other than to find it because for me, I don't use three very often. And, and it's almost as if it would be similar to using a peep sight. Right. Because, okay, center that. We're going to center this sucker right in the – I mean – Right, because yeah. I'm hammering it anyway. Yeah. So then I realized I was like, you know, I'm I'm telling him I don't like that, that reticle at lower end. Well, I, I very – so I started thinking, okay, let me change my perspective. Let me look at the other side of this quarter. And so I started thinking, hmm, let's go to half power. Where is it at? Now, I couldn't do the illuminated Mark Vs because th- to me those things are like having a fence post in there. For yeah, a it's a very coarse, but, coarse, but coarse. Brandon Neal loves them. And he does. does. Su- and he, sh- he kills a, sh- yeah. just a, a sheep ton of stuff. Yeah, so but it's a coarse, coarse reticle. I, ha- I have one, and it's not my favorite. It's too coarse for me. It's too coarse for me to embrace. I think you could almost on that three, to, three six to eighteen. You could almost 
blend the non-illuminated and the illuminated together. Yeah, and, probably you know, somewhere. Find a happy medium. Right. Yeah, but then but th- there's there's why that question gets more complicated because the the reticle super important to me. I mean, I find immense value in the reticle, and without having the the reticle the way I want it, I, I find less value in the scope, no matter what power it's at. Then you prefer the TMOA. I do. I I much prefer it's 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 a it, really it, good. It's reticle. the ruler we use in in the in, shooting in, schools. In, yeah, right. And it's yeah. it's what we use all the time. So for us, it's literally picking up like inches, quarter. You know what I'm saying? I, I like I like I, the little dot. Yeah. Well, that, the, oh, oh, on the Mark Five. On the Mark Five. The Mark Fives do have that. It's they're, they're super. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, but I like the open part on the VX Five. Yeah. Um, those are super nice. But if you're asking the question, what's the best for you, you got to ask yourself, what do you enjoy shooting? Do you enjoy shooting at high power? If you do, then what's the top of that range that you feel is comfortable? Um, Is it 18 power? Is it 20 power? Some guys like 25 power. Um, I personally go, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I had a 32 power night force on a coyote gun I built one time. And uh, <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, it was just a total waste of money. Um, but I, I did kill a coyote at 905 yards with it. Um, and uh, um, so it's like a sniper. What do you think would be best top end power for most people that don't shoot a thousand rounds a year? Good question. You know, 18 is hard to 18 to 20. I wouldn't get past 20. Now, I say that in one of my favorites. Is that what is you think is best? Here's the thing. My thought process is if you do the Mark V, if you're going to make an investment in this and you want one scope and you're going to pick one gun, if you're a one-tool guy, you go, I'm going to do this one time and I'm going to get the gun that checks the most boxes from small to bottom. I'd go 6.5 PRC or a 7 mag mm-hmm. is the two, one of the two calibers I'd pick. And then I'd probably go do the Mark V, 5 to 25, even though it's a bigger scope on that gun. Mm-hmm. I'd put that on there because it you have the Prairie Rifle, you have uh, Ultimate Glass. Me, how about you? Um, I think for most people, 15 powers top end. I know you say that because because they can't find the because yeah. they have a hard time with target acquisition. Yeah, I, I really do. You know, you you jack that power up to 25 and. And it's really hard for people. So to here's find. a way to do it. Come to our come to our school and look at all our optics. No, here I'm going to give you a tip. Okay, um, since we don't have 100 adventure hubs out there, I can't say go to your local adventure hub and check it out yet. Okay, but I'm going to be able to soon. But right now, here's what you do: you go to Bass Pro, you go to Shields, you go to Cabela's, you go wherever you're at, right? And a lot of times they'll have a stock that they can pop uh, um, a scope on, and you can look at it. And here's what you do: this would be my suggestion. You tell them, listen, I want to take a 3 to 15. Uh, I want to take an 18. I want to take a 15 power, an 18 power, a 20 power, and a 24 or 25 power. I want those four scopes. And then I want to go and I want you to follow me out to the front door and bring a rangefinder with you. Find something about 30 inches long by about 20 inches high. And throw the scope up and see how fast you can find it when you shoulder your rifle with your scope at full magnification. And if you can find it instantaneously with 15 power, then go to 18. And if you can find it instantaneously with 18, then go to 20. And if you go, ooh, I couldn't find it with 20, but I could find it with 18, then buy the 20. Because you can use the extra two magnification, but you can run it on 15 to 18, but then you could use that as a point of reference. That's what I would do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and it's not as easy as you think it is. <laughs> no. Well, it's the number one complaint we have from well, outfitters. Well, ha- having shot with some pretty long-range lenses, you know, through the camera, you know, in my day, you know, through through both video and still cameras with those high-power optics, it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Finding something's hard. So the the and and you know what? It's less forgiving. Twenty-five powers, you start bouncing around pretty good. That's it's, a good it's, point, exactly. It, you know, it starts. Everything has changed. You got to be more fine with your parallax at a higher power. Well, you got to be. There's a lot of nuances when you start adding power that people don't think about. It's interesting because that scope, the scope that you, your favorite scope that you would recommend then is the Mark Five, five to twenty-five. 
is only 30 ounces. It's only four ounces more than my scope, which is surprising to me. Right. That's why I said if I had, if I was a one tool guy, I'd go yeah. to a six, five PRC or a seven Remington. Oh. I wouldn't do the seven PRC cause I can't figure out a why. Um, I don't know that yet. I don't understand that. It's to me, it's like 50 feet per second to buy something that just to have another one in your, yeah, I still like my five, seven short mags. <laughs> and and I was and I was a regular Remington right, rag, right. seven guy. Right. So I, if I had to do one rifle, that's what I would pick. Yeah, and uh, I would put that twenty five power on it because it's super universal yeah. even on a sheep hunt. And it's going to cost you a little, a little bit more. Yeah. Yep. Four hundred bucks more than a VX five. Right. So your top yeah. end, you would recommend? Well, here's what the, did you recommend? You never answered. I said fifteen. Oh, you did. I did. I, I think for most people, the 15 is the No, best for you, to, this wasn't for most people. Oh, for me, I, I like the 3.6 to 18, the Mark V. I mean, that's, you know, so somewhere in that 18 is, but I usually don't use it at 18. I usually still, I, I'm somewhere on 15 when I shoot most of the time. I don't have it tapped. Yeah, you really don't. So I'm, for some reason, 15's it's my flavor of the day. I like, I, you Even know, at a thousand yards on an antelope no, at a thousand yards. No, then I crank that sucker up. Then I, <laughs> then I'd like your, on an antelope at a thousand yards. I, okay, Brian, can I use your gun? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what it was this year. Brian, can I use that? So, but, but so that's my point though. But here's the thing. I want to, I want to give, I want to give our audience oh, a perspective. That's, that's why I did use your gun. Cause my gun's kind of shot out. Mm-hmm. And, and you your, went, your gun's still shooting bug holes, and um, I did shoot my antelope at quite a ways away. You did, and you said, I want to use your gun, <laughs> yeah. which was smart. Actually, we both looked at each other and said, this is a job for that gun, yeah. and, and it's not bad. You've been shooting um, a hotter load custom ammo yeah. at your entire life for that gun. Yep. We started them on the same day together, yep. and I've been shooting 108 match-grade Hornady yep. the whole time. And so it's extended my barrel life, still shoots bug holes, and I had higher power, and that was 711, 718, somewhere right yeah. in there, a little under 720. And we said, hey, this is a job for bigger magnification. Let's get this puppy going. Yeah. And you, you, you hammered it all three times. Yeah, I'd like, I, I and remember. We, and it, we, was, yeah. it wasn't so much about the scope. I used your gun because it, it's accuracy. Shoot, it's it's more accurate than mine is at this point. And I, and I traditionally make them look better that way too um, while we're hunting throughout the year. Um, so mine has an appeal because it just, you know, I do remember results. I do remember standing up. <laughs> I had a set of golf clubs like that once. <laughs> I, as soon as I shot that antelope, I remember standing up and I remember saying, I really like that scope. <laughs> I know. I, I did really like that scope. So that's my point. But what, what I was going to say is you're a multi-tool operator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm more of a singular tool operator. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, like you, you've actually, it's taken you uh, 11, 12 years to chisel me out down to having more than just two rifles. And you're like, is it going to hurt you? Are, you? are you cheating on your rifles if you have more than two, Brian? What's your problem? But I'm, I'm just like, no, I, I want this one and this one, and that's all I want. You know what I'm saying? Where Brad's like, dude, hey, listen. I have multiple tools in the toolbox, What's, and it's kind of fun because I I enjoy the whole process. You know, I, you I'll, I'll 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 build a book on each caliber that we work loads up, and usually mine gets a little. You know, once I I have the generic load, I mine gets a little. And then you know what I do? Fine tuning. I go, which loving. one shoots best? And he goes, this one. I said, good. Let me take that. Make me two thousand <laughs> rounds. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> no, seriously. Right? I'm not. I'm not effing right? with you. Uh, I just go, Brad. Just make me two thousand rounds, oh, and then I'm yeah. done. And he's like, really, Brian? And I'm like, we're not changing it. I do, hey, listen. I I grew up on a farm in Iowa, broker than broke. And one thing I know for sure is, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Brian and I have historically <laughs> over the past over the past what thirteen years. <laughs> we would build two exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly. You, you know, to do the same, that we'd have the same reamer cut it. And I mean, it would be, but almost always one gun out of the two will shoot. Like your 300 rum was, that one was unbelievable. Cause we, what do we shoot? Five? Well, five Craig one has whole, that thing today. Five one hole groups at 200. Yeah. Five uh, 200 one yards. 200. Wow. 
at 200 really? yards. Yeah. Not kidding you. Ooh. That thing, I don't even know why I ever sold that to him. Yeah. <laughs> I should call him up and tell him I want that rifle back. Because <laughs> you only needed two. Uh, dude, and you know what? And, and so that, so I had that 300 rum, and I shot that thing for everything, and people were like, but it, it hardly. You, you know, know what we put on those two? That was a 4 to 24. Our 300 drums had 4 to 24. They did on have them. 4 to 24s on them. Yeah, that was when that that was when that company was just coming out with that. Yeah, with that turret. Yeah. What was that recoil like? It was not. It, it wasn't jumped more than it kicked. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Lucas recoil. shot a deer when he was yeah. like 11 or 12 with 12, 13. It was it was significant jump, and we had. Uh, I think we put Holland's. We had Holland's big old gnarly break. Oh yeah, yeah, that break, was different than break. that. That was yeah, that was a different one. You're right. I was thinking of Sipes gun. I like Sipes 300 rum too. That was one of the most. You know, Tracy Valdez's wife Shannon still says her favorite rifle of all times is the uh, um, that custom Montana they got from us, and that had a four to twenty four really? on it too. And Tracy still shoots that. Well, he shot his Marco Polo, his Ibex, and, and his a wolf his wife with that gun, and his sure wife was. still. Uh, she shoots yeah. with it today. And that he shot that giant brown he's, he's bear. Brown he's bear, yeah. Oh he's, elevated, he, he's elevated to <laughs> um, the works. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, busting, <laughs> <Air quotes. laughs> I'm, I'm busting Tracy's ass a little bit. I love that Tracy's. was a big bear, though. So you he just killed me. two giant. That milk. was the one that came charging, wasn't that the time? Yeah, the one was charging him. Well, yeah. that was that was a, that was the sow that the boar bred that charged. Oh, him. right, right. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, the dude, guy, you, if you haven't seen that yeah. list, then you got to go to our YouTube channel. Um, at uh, Rolling oh. Bones out, uh, Rolling Bones No Boundaries. That'll get your heart pumping. Because that was a, that was a ten foot nine. Brown and that ruined his wife from going. By yep. the way, it did. It really she, did. She yeah, got you home and said, "Visibly, I'm, I'm, yep, she was never going you know home with you again." Nope, I'm done. Shannon had stones on that though. My oh goodness. my goodness, she <laughs> was she was a stud. <laughs> I got to tell you, that girl stood up there. Yep, my girl, my <laughs> wife. <laughs> Susie, no, I, I don't think she would ever speak to me again. <laughs> Valdez, oh. and he oh. was like, and, and then I'll never forget the, the the after he shoots it that that was a great video. That's one of That's the best. A, yeah, this Tra bear, Tracy's Tracy's a hunting fool, man. This bear is a pig. So in brown bear grizzly bear world, I, it, the the change it doesn't sound like that big bear we have out front is mine. Yours is ten. 10-2, 10-3, mine's 10-3, 10-4, something like that. His was 10-9, right? Mm -hmm. It's a whole different It's a whole different <laughs> genre. No, 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 well, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to correct you. His was 11-1. Oh, his was 11-1. Holy cow, I didn't know that. It was just a giant. It's just it's, it, it, just, it's not even, like, the circumference-wise, it's just like, are you kidding? And so there was a 10-foot-plus bear that was trying, and the and the sow liked, huge. the sow liked the 10-foot, Brown Would bear you? Way Do you want 11 foot of lard ass getting on Whoa. top of you and breeding you? <laughs> no, you good. might you're like it, but I wouldn't like it at all. Stout. So, so <laughs> Tracy lost his mind on that hunt, and he's got four hours or something of this stupid giant pig of a bear. And he's got it breeding the sow, and then he shoots it, and the sow charges him. And the guide steps up and shoots. And you his can gun. see all this yeah. at Rolling Bones No Boundaries. <laughs> yeah, on I, I shouldn't even. Yeah, I don't even know. Why <laughs> I, I don't it's know why so you're telling our audience, but I love the narration uh, of it. We should get Tracy. No, it's good. We, we should have Tracy on for a podcast. Well, absolutely. We've had him on the TV show a yeah, few times. So, um, anyway, but uh, yeah, so yeah. you texted me because I, I missed the shot. I didn't get to go to shot. I I, I yeah. couldn't get away. And you texted me Leopold's new – it's a 2x10 uh, Mark V now. Yeah. And it's funny because that would be a nice little a, a nice scope. But even a 2x10, what's it, a 24-ounce scope? So it's only two ounces lighter than the 3.6 to 18. Well, you're, you're not, you know, other than having a so, tiny little form factor. So you could reliably – you know, shoot something out to how far? It was say? what? Thousand yards. Thousand yards with two by ten? Yeah, yeah. You could. You, it's got a super nice reticle and it's yeah. proportionate in there and it's really nice. But it's it's it wouldn't be a perfect scenario. The reticles can be covering a lot with only yeah. ten magnification. It's not gonna bring it in. But you could. But that's where, you know, I don't for what did you say my five to twenty five is uh four ounces bigger than the three to eighteen. Mm -hmm. Four ounces. I know. Four ounces. Okay, so just so everybody knows, four ounces of meat 
um, to give a perspective of weight, is the size of a deck of cards, a steak. That's four ounces. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Pretty crazy. So a deck of cards is about four ounces. So you're adding a deck of cards to your rifle and weight to get all that extra magnification. There's an applicable event that occurs or that's available to you when you go to 25 power. Does that, is that, does that make sense? At 25, that your 25s are nice scopes. Yeah. And so in the bottom, M my, so next, I, I, yeah, my next one to five, should probably be a 25. Yeah. Th when you're at the bottom from three to five, I can run on five. It's, it's yeah. like, the, what the hell? That difference is And the objective of that stupid. It's a 56 instead yeah. of a 44. Right. It, so it's so big. So you almost gain it back in the objective from my perspective. That's just me looking Well, up. I remember, because I was kind of fixed on my top end power, only needing 18. I remember shooting that antelope, standing up, and I think I said, holy shoot, I really like that scope. <laughs> That's not what you said. I think you said, holy shit, I really like that scope, Brian. But I appreciate your uh, restraint on this uh, call. So so Brad's a better person than me. Uh, here's the other cause. thing. I usually have my sunshade on, and that gets to be a really big scope when you put the sunshade on your 5 to 25. That's yep. a it sure does. <laughs> I mean, it's like that. Mm. What it's do you like mean? it's like the old Quigley scope. I, I could care. I could care too. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, if I'm going up the mountain and I, I wanted to throw it in a scabber, I take the sunshade off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And and I put it in my pack. What is that? Two ounces, ounce and a half. Right. The sunshade, no Not big very deal. Much. And if I needed it later, I put it on. But for a prairie right, I'm just saying if if a guy's going to build one rifle, build a six five PRC or a seven, you can go kill. If you kill the, you know, what's the highest? What's a what's the uh, what can you push a 6.5 PRC up to in, in grains-wise for that bullet? 156 burgers, and it shoots unbelievably well. Ours do with the 156. So 156, okay. Yeah. So, again, um, said outfitter, um, you spend 50 grand with them on a combo hunt, and you say, no, I want to bring a 6.5 PRC because that's what I'm comfortable shooting, and, a, and, a, and your wife's the shooter. They're not going to say I'm not taking your money. I wouldn't think so, but we've, you know, we've got one Finorky outfitter there that yeah, likes no, to I, argue. I are, you, you heard some, saw my text. <laughs> if you don't stop, we'll quit sending you people. <laughs> and then immediately so. he was in a booth. Hey, <laughs> hi, hi, buddies. <laughs> Question so. for you guys: What do you use at shooting schools? Uh, the three to fifteens. We use three to fifteens okay. mostly. Okay. We have we have different stuff though. You know, we always have a we have one of the Mart fives in there so people can look through first focal plane scope. Oh, so they get to yeah check it out. Well, some of the students will get this one, and some of the, the majority of them are three to fifteen. Yeah. Boxes. And then we do some eighty percent of them. Yeah. We throw two or three rifles in with people, and then that we can say, hey, jump behind uh, Bleep's rifle here. You guys want to see it? It's there. We throw a few bullets down. You can shoot with that. Why one do you too. choose that? Um, here's why, because it's good to have them on the line to give different perspective and let them shoot them. Um, because, because of this very conversation we're having yep. right now, because people don't know what they should have. And you know what we found overwhelming? Wow. I've had too big a magnification on my scope. That's why I say get a 15 power, an 18 power, yep. a 20 power, 25 power, go out and see what you can find at 300 yards instantaneously. Yeah, we usually have an 18 there. We usually have a 20 or 24. Oh, okay. And we usually, usually have a 20 there. Okay. But most of them are 8s or the 15s, 15. the yeah. 15 power top ends. But, uh, you know, if the, it's not unusual for somebody to come to a shooting school and say, hey, I actually wouldn't mind buying a gun like this. And that way they can they can look through a bunch of them. And, you know, Brian and I usually have our personal guns there. And uh, so yep. they can look through ours and shoot ours. And anyway, uh, so that's why. Yeah. But uh, it it's easier for them with that 15 for top end power, I think. But they all like cranking it up. Everybody does like mm -hmm. cranking it up. Yeah. You know, and ha they like, you know, especially at the, you know. And, that, and that's where you can really judge target acquisition with them and everything like that. Yeah, uh, you yeah. Or give them the, the hint. See how good they are. 
Yeah, target acquisition, 25 is not your friend on that. No. If you're having trouble, no, no, no. 25. But quite frankly, um, that's the the magic of the first focal plane scope is you can put it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And your speedometer is always reading in the same unit, right, so to speak. I know you guys weren't going to talk about focal plane today, but for those that aren't familiar with that first focal plane, second focal plane, could you give us a quick explanation of that? First focal plane, uh, your the first focal plane, the second focal plane, the reticle is in a different plane. The f- first focal plane, the reticle is always maintains the correct unit of measure, the same unit of measure. So we're using a TMOA reticle. Um, if if you're using the three point six at the bottom, the it's three point six. But quite frankly, it, it's somewhat immaterial having the reticle because you can't even basically see. The, the graduations, uh, but at 10 power, it's always a minute. At 15 power, it's always a minute. At 18 power, it's always a minute. The second focal plane scope, and the other big difference is your reticle changes in size. So when you go down to a low power, the reticle becomes tinier. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go And when you increase the magnification, it gets bigger. So, you know, somewhere in like the scope that I use the most is the 3.6 to 18. And at anywhere between 12 to 18, it's very, very usable. Um, 10, 10, you know, I'm usually between 10 and 18. Uh, super usable. And those were a second focal plane. Yeah. The reticle stays uh, constant. Zoomed in or zoomed out, the size of the reticle, there's no variance to your eye. However, the ruler the magnification changes the spread of the minute in that turret so like or one in, minute in that reticle two. yeah right or or more yeah. at the lowest range right oh. yeah every time um, you every time you there's a deviation from the maximum right. Right. uh when it's zoomed in so now yeah, half power you're you've doubled the value of your reticle mm-hmm. and if you drop it again it keeps continuing to increase okay. and so if you're in a coyote calling contest and you got three dogs coming in and you're at half power because you zoom down for one, and the wind's blowing, and then you shoot that one, then you dial out to 300 for one he stops in the bank, and you know that I got to give him some wind, so you say I'm going to give him a minute and a half of wind, and you go shoot, and you're only at half power. You didn't give him a minute and a half wind. You give him three minutes Mm -hmm. at 300 yards, which is six inches, and now if you pull right maybe – uh, a minute or two, which is another three inches to six inches. Or the coyote takes of, a step. Yeah, or the coyote takes steps. Instead of hitting him in the guts or breaking his ass down, you're off of him and he's running away laughing at you. And you look at your scope and you're like, and you start having a conversation with yourself. I've never had this said conversation, but I've watched Brad have it a lot. Oh, right. Oh, wait, maybe that's happened to me so damn many times. And I think probably we get so many. the voice of Experience. Yeah, that a was the voice bit, of a total disappointment. <laughs> we get so many questions on what's the best magnification. We do all the and time. And that's why, and quite that's frankly. That's why we thought we'd do this. And, and I don't think that's the most, that's like the premise of your question. I don't agree with the premise of your question maybe even, right? Here's what I would tell people though, because the premise of your question would be the answer. But, but people hate it when people answer uh, answer a question by asking a question. Typically, people go, oh, now you're trying to sell me something. So, and that's not what we're trying to do in this scenario. We're trying to educate ourselves on what the rifle is. Here's another matrix you can use. If you're going to use your rifle for prairie hunting, okay, uh, deer, antelope, coyote, elk, lower elevation, sagebrush type hunting, open areas, then what I would do, and you can find it, Whatever power you could find it at in that 300 yards instantaneously, if you can find it at 18 but not 20, then I'd go with the 20 because you can always run it at 18 to 20. Does that make sense? So I'd go always – me, I'd go up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But here's the matrix you can use. If you're going to have one gun that's going to cover most of them and you're going to spend 70% of your time hunting on the prairie, then go with the bigger magnification for a prairie rifle – and you can live with it in the mountain the two or three times you're going to go mountain hunting. If you're a horseback adventure seeker and you're going to spend 70% of your time um, in British Columbia, Yukon, Northwest Territory, and Alaska, then go to 3 to 18. 
Does that make sense? Yep. And then you won't be disappointed on the prairie when you go shoot a coyote because you're only going to use a sum. But if you can split it, then build two rifles and have two different scopes on them. Or as Brad that would say, that, that's shallow thinking. Have several <laughs> rifles with several scopes. Five rifles. Yeah, why Five limit scopes. yourself? <laughs> but no, I, well, I would say. That makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, it does. I, I get that. And here's the other thing. Instead of building four rifles, why don't you build one and go see more experiences? I would rather have one rifle that cost me 4000 super high quality and not have to have a works name on it or the best of something name on it and spend a 13000 bucks on a rifle. I'd rather spend 4000 on one that shoots just as good and maybe not be quite as custom and quite as in vogue. And then I would like to take the $13,000 difference or the $10,000 difference, and I'd rather go two hunts on it. I'm an experience and an adventure seeker. I'm not a... Show up to the range well, and, and the, look does at that my, include the scope. I mean, you can look put at it my in dually. The, well, some <laughs> of the some of the some of the does that make sense? some of the yeah, companies no, it does. some of the companies yeah. are selling their shooting systems at thirteen fourteen thousand dollars with the scope. And we look at my dually. Yeah, so I mean, they're yeah. really yeah. expensive, and they've developed. No, a, if you got endless yeah. amounts of money and and you want you like I can trust my life with this, go do it, man. Yeah. Otherwise, call us and let us get you into a rifle that. Uh, um, you know what? That shooting system that Tracy Valdez shot, he took it to Tajikistan. It's not thirteen thousand. No. We didn't sell them for thirteen thousand. We sold them around forty five hundred bucks. Yeah. He killed a Ibex, a Marco Polo, and a wolf on yeah. that hunt. Beautiful wolf. And then he came back and he killed a eleven foot one brown bear oh, with Jesus. that rifle. Just a giant. Then he sat that rifle down and he picked up the next rendition of our rifle. And he went and took that rifle and killed a amazing ram with it in Z outside of Zion, um, a yeah. desert ram. So in in that wasn't those weren't fifteen thousand dollar rifles. Oh. And performance wise, I have video to prove those were as good as any rifle right. anybody's ever shot. Yeah, and he's a he's a very experienced. But now we're now we're shooter. arguing about cost of rifles, yeah. or maybe I'm uh, belaboring that point. My point is though, with with uh, what's the best magnification? I don't know. Um, I don't think there's an answer. I think it's personal preference. Yep. I agree. And I think that if you can get one that covers a broad spectrum, the broader the spectrum, it can cover a 3 to 18, uh, uh, 3.6 to 18. Okay, I have another question yeah. now. Okay. We've covered this in this episode. What are the most important features of a rifle scope to you? Um, no, well, first of all, it's not magnification. Right. Um, I would say turret. Top, top three or four. Easy. Turret. Reticle. Parallax. And then, well, if I got to go four, an easily adjustable reticle, a focusing mechanism of the reticle. I like Leupold's back end focusing mechanism where you just twist it in mm -hmm. the back, set it to your eye. Those those are my four. Um, you're, you're, you're taking it as a given then that the rifle scope works as it's supposed to advertise. It's It works as no, advertised. No, I said turret first. Yeah, but I'm if saying. If it doesn't have a trackable turret, if it doesn't have a good okay. turret on that it. That was what you meant. Okay. Because so, like, I like. I like this. I have specific parameters of a turret that I like. I like, a, I like the locking. Well, that's why I said yeah. turret. No, we, we didn't do is go into the dynamics of what I like <laughs> I about a turret because we could go another 30 minutes on what we like about different turrets because we got a dozen of them out here. Right. And But you and I both agree on what makes a good turret. Yeah. Um, and maybe we should do a podcast on um, a turret. So it wouldn't take a whole podcast. But, but the fact of the matter is, number one is turret. Number two is reticle. Okay? Number three is parallax. So, you, yeah. <laughs> What you when you say turret, you mean it returns to zero. Um, it gives you if it's supposed to be a quarter minute per click, it gives you a, me a quarter quarter minute. It's a quarter minute. I don't per want click. I don't want finer. I don't yeah. want an eighth of right. a minute. I don't want I don't even like third of a minute. So to be honest, you've, with you. you've been spoiled so long because it wasn't that long ago that you could grab a scope. I don't and want it a mushy work. turret. I want a turret yeah. that it has crisp clicks and yeah. it falls in. I want a zero stop. See, that's all important um, stuff. I, I, I do. That's more important to me. A lot turret. of that stuff. Yeah. Turret number one. Turret. Yeah. If it, if it can't get past the turret test, yeah. I don't like the scope. Then we go to reticle test. But I could live with a marginal reticle with a good turret because I can fix everything with turret. So even your turret, one of the things that you left out that you didn't mention, 
that I dislike or I like is I like a covered windage turret. Yes. I, I, I'm I'm specifically speaking yeah. because I don't dial windage very often. Right. So I was specifically talking about elevation turret. Windage turret I liked. El- I, I do, yes. Yeah. So anyway. Um, lot to think about. Lot to think about. So what what's, what what would be your top three things on a scope? Well, I th- obviously the scope has to work as intended. That's a given that we just expect. And so turret's number one. Uh, quality of the turret and the tracking mechanism mm-hmm. is number one. Yeah, for sure. Um, the reticle is really important to me. The size of the turret and locking um, is important to me. I also actually really like that you can go down a bit from your zero on your turret. Um, eye box, I really appreciate. See, so you, you you appreciate a bigger eye box mm-hmm. more than I probably do. But yeah. that would be. Uh, but but it's nice these yeah. these Mark fives. Giant you know, clarity of glass, I like, but it's not as important to me. But the, the It's so funny because I've seen people look through just glass and they go, oh, that looks as better than um, this glass. And I'm like, what? I think every eye has its own um, things that you're used to looking preference. For. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it's that's it's I appreciate it, but it's down what's way low on the yeah. importance of uh, everything with me. Hundred percent. So, hundred percent. Well, hey, let's just take one quick break and let everybody know that uh, you can go check all this out and more at our podcast. We've done a hundred and a bunch. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Forty-eight. We've done hundred and forty-eight podcasts, and the reason that's important is because we got a lot for you to go check out and listen to. So be sure to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever else you can get a podcast. We try to be on there. If you're into social media. Um, you can just go to our Facebook or Instagram page and scroll back. Usually, traditionally, every Thursday we drop it, and it's there for you also to click on and listen to. But uh, um, we would love you to uh, get involved, listen to our podcast, give us some reviews. If you have a podcast, you're going, dude, I'm dying to know this. I want to know that. Uh, give us a shout. We love it. You can uh, you can do that at info at rbohome.com. You can also do it at um, – at uh, what's it called? Hello, hello at rbohome.com. I just want to give a real quick preference. If you have membership specific issues that you're sending an email to at hello at rbo.com, it's not necessarily the right place for us to do that. Um, and uh, um, if there's a moment delay, that's if why you've got a suggestion for a podcast topic or feedback or questions about the something pod- you've heard on the podcast. Hello comes to me. So then I get it to the guys, and uh, we can go from there. Yeah, that'd be really good. So just so everybody knows. And then uh, um, and then real quick, our membership. Um, uh, it is gives you ultimate access to outdoor adventures, whether it be fishing and hunting. We have over 400 vetted outfitters with a 1,000 adventures that have been vetted. They are placed in a database. So we want to protect you from getting Googled. Um, if you go to rollingbones.com, go to the uh, dashboard, check out the adventure section. You can't get into the dashboard unless you're a member. The memberships do have benefits. They can run unlimited um, uh, um, best matches results on their hunt plans. They can also uh, um, build a app map for their applications. It's actually a heat map that shows you everything uh, um, where you're at with your applications. But our membership has a significant value to it. And uh, we also have weekly specials. This week, uh, for example, one of the jackets from one of our um, uh, great product providers, one of the jackets we love the best, is $93 off. Um, I questioned the marketing team and the product team when I saw that this morning. Um, I was making calls at 5.30, send in texts and emails. I'm wearing mine today because yeah, it's and I was going, hey, cold. Whoa, 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 why are we almost 100 bucks off on that jacket? And I got rejected saying our members are the best in the business and they deserve a great product at a great value. And I said, copy that. Let's keep rolling with it. So anyway, go to rollingbones.com, check it out. The other thing is that we have a amortization schedule or a hunt calculator in the adventures tab. You can go in there, put it in there and say, hey, listen, I'll pick a date, pick a payment, pick a time amount of down payment you want to put, and uh, it will prompt you to what your monthly payment would be on our Hunt Expedition layaway plan. Help. 
We want to help you go on your next adventure. It's called Hunting Expedition Layaway Play Program. It does work on um, said rifles, and it does work on fishing adventures also. So just in case you were wondering, uh, go ahead, go over there, check it out. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Anything else, Brad? No, thanks for listening. We appreciate uh, appreciate all the feedback. We see a lot of people at the shows, and uh, we get a lot of mention on the podcast, and thank you, everybody. So we're at the Expo this week, and we're also at, the, uh, um, at Harrisburg, okay? If you come up to the booth and you say, Mark 5, 3.6 to 18... We will make sure you get a hat. You say, Mark 5, 3.6 to 18. Heard it on your podcast this week. And we're in Harrisburg, and we're at the Western Hunting Expo. We will make sure you get a hat if you do that. You better tell with, Noel. With a little bit, with a little bit of dynamics. <laughs> I will tell Noel. Well, he, I, don't it'll be he'll <laughs> I don't know how many he'll have, but what we'll do yeah. is we'll get their name and address. Yeah. If, if he's out, we'll get your name and address, and we'll send one to him. No problem. Bleep's got a bunch of that sh- strike that a bunch of that quality stuff in his office to make sure our listeners are getting because i we want you in our hat and they're nice hats they're not cheap ones they're those 30 dollar ones we're not going to send you something cheap um we're first class first rate and we want to have first class and first rate people follow us so uh bleep you got anything else i'm good Okay, write that down and tell Noel and Lindley that I made this announcement on this because yeah, otherwise we had, everybody forgets it. We had some friends oh, from okay. Hawaii come to the last show that found us on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so That is so cool. Anyway, hey, until next time, we appreciate you so much for listening. Be healthy, stay safe, and happy hunting.